You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. How you doing today, Katie? I am doing great. Great. I'm pretty excited because we're doing a little switcheroo. What are we? <laughs> I am going to tell you a tale today. I'm so excited for this. Alrighty, so buckle up. It's a wild one. So wait, is this a... Tell we tale. That is it, since ah! it's, you know, backwards, a little swapsies. That's our first one. <laughs> I'm very excited. And if you like it, we'll do more. <clears throat> yes. Do we need to recap what we did last week or no? What did we do last week? We did the poltergeist. No, we did, sorry, <laughs> referencing the board. Uh, we did Albert Fish, uh, oh, yeah. the super horrible one where that we had guy. to get drunk to get through it. Well, I don't have anyone better for you today. <laughs> great! I'm drinking water today. <laughs> it's going to be great. All right. Okay. So, today, I want to tell you mm-hmm. about the most prolific serial killer you've never heard of. Oh. So, and since the episode itself is backwards, mm-hmm. I'm going to start at the end. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Okay. So. I'm ready. <gasps> I've, I've got some uh, a visual, okay. like a little right. PowerPoint presentation for you. All right. I'm already so, horrified because these are children. Uh, Heather Church was a 13-year-old girl oh, in gosh. Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, no. On September 17th, 1991, she was home babysitting her younger brother while her mom took her other brothers out to a scout meeting. Okay. And when mom came home, her younger brother, Sage, was safely tucked in bed, but there was no sign of Heather. Oh, no. So... They called police, and when they arrived, the scene was overrun with, like, friends, families, volunteers there to help with the search. Right. Uh, which essentially means a totally screwed up scene for, you know, forensic evidence. It's like one of those scenes from back in, like, the 1800s where everyone came through first and <laughs> contaminated everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, it, it really messed with the, the scene. There was not a lot of physical evidence. In fact, all they were really able to find were a couple of foreign fingerprints. Oh, okay. So, around... Case went cold until about two years later, mm. a hiker found, you know, in a very remote, off-the-beaten-path area, a skull that Ooh. a forensic anthropologist later identified through dental records that it was, in fact, Heather. Ugh, okay, I am getting a lot of Ketty murder vibes already. <laughs> Hopefully it will not be as long. Gosh. There is a lot to get through. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they unfortunately found her remains. Uh, the prints that they found were submitted to the Automated Fingerprint Identification System, also known as APHIS, APHIS. something we've all right. heard of. Yes. However, did you know that at this time, APHIS was really only two databases? What? And not all of them. What? In fact, there were 92 other fingerprint systems throughout the country. Why? So That seems super inefficient. I don't know, but, you know, somebody who was working the cold case, you know, several years later realized this and made sure they sent copies to all 92 other jurisdictions. Hmm. And about four years after Heather went missing, they got some good news. Okay. So it's 95, right? It's March of 1995. Okay. The prints belong to a six-foot-two white male with a southern accent, good teeth, 
and no visible deformities who had been convicted of theft and burglary in Louisiana. Great. Yeah, and that's actually a direct quote from some of the research. I just thought See, it was hilarious. It seems like good the database teeth and no visible deformities. It seems like the database would give a name rather than a glowing description, but that name <laughs> is Robert Charles Brown. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. First of all, he has some better photos, but I did not want to <laughs> give those because he doesn't deserve it. Looking at that picture, I would not have guessed that he had good teeth. So maybe that's why they put it in. Maybe. Um, so Robert, Robert Brown at this time was currently living in Colorado Springs, not even a half a mile down the road from Heather Church. Ew. So, he denied he had anything to do of with course. it. The prints, of course, were planted there. He was being framed, yada, yada. Yeah. And then later he did plead guilty uh, in order to uh, avoid the death penalty. Okay. And, you know, he said that essentially the, the crime, he wasn't there to murder her or anyone. He was just breaking in. He thought that no one was home. He wanted to break in and oh. burglar or burgle the house. Theft. Yeah. Robert, okay. Steal. Um, and then happened to find a 13-year-old girl that he had to kill. Yeah. I, she, and take her body She away. surprised him. Um, and so he said he killed her via strangulation or breaking her neck. Oh, my gosh. How threatening is a 13-year-old girl? I think he just wasn't expecting to find anyone. And I think he just roughed her up And then took too her body much. away and... I don't know. Oh, You've got to gosh. try and cover your tracks, right? Okay. I hate this. Well, that is how Robert Brown was apprehended. Okay. And I know what you're thinking. That's just one murder. I was about to say, this is such a short episode. <laughs> I mean, it's it's even collateral damage uh-huh. to a different crime, if you will. And Hardly you, prolific and certainly not serial. Okay. And you said we were starting at the end. That's so right. that makes me think more stuff happened before this. However, it wasn't until after his incarceration that we learned that poor Heather Church was not his only victim, nor was she his first, nor even his last. Ugh. What? Robert Brown claims to have killed 48 <gasps> people in total. I just got chill bumps. So let's do a fun little run-through about Robert Brown. Okay, good so, teeth. So, um, yeah, 17, dropped out of high school, joined okay. the Army. Okay. Uh, he married his first wife, Terry Laverne Ward, who was 13 years old at the time. Ew. Um, while he was in the army, he was sent overseas to Vietnam, though okay. never saw combat. And while he was there, he actually received several like medals, like awards and honors. Okay. Um, and also while there, divorced the first wife, married his second wife, Tiet Min Hun. It's it's a Vietnamese woman, oh, and I came shocker. in here knowing full well I was not going to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> okay, so he divorces his wife while he's overseas and marries a girl he met while Correct. he was there. Okay, great. Uh, and then he is uh, he receives a dishonorable discharge from the army for drug use. Oh, how wait. so? Oh, dishonorable. Sorry. Yeah, dishonorable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then he marries his third wife, Brenda Gale Ware. Okay. Um. And I think that was in 1997. Okay. And he took her to a remote waterway, beat her within an inch <gasps> of her life, and then they were divorced in October of 1980. Oh. Uh, apparently, he beat her because she forgot to put a spoon in the gravy. <gasps> and this is a quote okay. from her, too. He's the devil's right-hand man. Call me when you pull the switch. Ugh. I uh, just need to point out, gravy boats... Don't require a spoon. Good for him. 
Ugh. Yeah, maybe right. maybe they didn't have a boat. Maybe they just had a bull. Also, if she was 13 like his first wife, how is she supposed to know? I don't think she was 13. Ugh, stuff. Um, I hate this person. <laughs> Let's see. So, yeah, they divorced in October of 1980. Okay. And then also in October of 1980, he married his fourth wife, Rita Coleman. Okay. Also in October of 1980, oh he strangles Rita, <gasps> and the ER doctor said that her larynx was almost crushed. Oh. They divorced in 1984. 84? Why'd she stay with him for four years? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, his fourth wife told reporters from the Colorado Springs Gazette that Brown had once put a pistol to her head and pulled the trigger. And when nothing happened, he asked her to shoot him. Okay. Then he had a couple of arrests in 1981 and 82. Um, and again, later arrested in 86 after he stole a truck from a dealership. Okay. Spent 18 months in prison and then received parole. And this was in Louisiana, but eventually his parole was transferred to Colorado when he moved there. Okay. Um, this truck that he stole, though, mm-hmm. after, after he drove it away from the dealership, mm-hmm. he ran on up to Colorado to go visit, visit a buddy named Jack Mason. Uh-huh. And Mason recalls that Brown shot a cow in the head, <gasps> slit its throat, and uh. then drank its blood. Ew! Yeah. Ah. Uh. Why? So, in 1988, Ugh. he marries his fifth wife, oh, gosh. Diane Marsha Babbitts. Who are still marrying him? I have no idea. And the fact that none of these women were actually murdered is even more shocking to this me. Is, okay. All right. At least Marsha's not going to die. Yeah. Um, and he confided, he confided her at one point that he hated women and cops. Great. Who's shocked by that? <laughs> I'm glad he's married five women then. So, and, you know, I have some reports that he has six wives, but I couldn't find the name of the sixth wife and when they got married and divorced, et cetera. Okay. And then, of course, it was in 1995 when he was arrested for the murder of Heather Church. Okay. Good. So. Okay. About five years after he was arrested, like, within days of his fifth anniversary of Uh being arrested. He's safely in jail. sent a letter to the DA's office. Okay. And... A lot of it was, like, this weird, kind of creepy poetry, prose, rhymy, vague stuff. Um, In the murky, placid depths, beneath the cool, caressing mire, lie seven golden opportunities. Missed opportunities? It was signed, lovingly, Robert Brown. Ew. Yeah. So, uh, a second letter was sent along with a hand-drawn map of the United States with numbers in each state. Um... There is the map. It's not the hand-drawn oh, map. But I suppose. <laughs> it is the, the map with the numbers for each state. Ooh. The letter stated, the score is you won, the other team 48. Are you willing to settle for this? <gasps> you have the information to make the score 8 to 48. Somewhat better, but you seem to not have the insight or ambition to score. In addition, if you were to drive to the, in, the end zone in a white Trans Am, the score would be 9 to 48. That would complete your home court sphere. Do you wish to retire into obscurity? Or would you like to live a life of notoriety and wealth? Let's see if you have the insight, ambition, and drive to be somebody. Okay, I feel like there were a lot of sports references in there that I did not understand. Yeah, he mixes his sports, you know, end zone, football, full court sphere, sphere, basketball. gonna go ahead and say i cannot identify most states uh, just by shape <laughs> oh don't worry we'll, we'll go into detail a lot oh, great, more on great, this great, great. there's more slides oh good 
Um, so this is about the time that Charlie Hess, he's a retired FBI, CIA agent, mm-hmm. uh, started writing to Brown. Okay. And through letters and occasional uh, in-person visits, Brown provided more vague information hinting at the people he had killed and his deeds of interest. Allegedly. (laughs) It was revealed all very scattered over several years. And so, like I said, you know, we didn't know about any of his other crimes until Uh five years after he was arrested for one of them. And then he started sending these letters, talking about people, and he was revealing all this information of crimes that he committed not in chronological order. And I can't handle that, so I (laughs) put it in chronological order. So... Let's go for a little trip, shall we? All right. All right. So here's our murder timeline and map. Great. Can I try to point to which state I think it is? Unless it's... Go for it. Okay, great. Challenge yourself. All right. Um, All right. So it was around 1970, 1971 when he was stationed in Vietnam. Okay. He claims that he killed another soldier uh, after they got in a fight because he, he claimed that the soldier was jealous of a whore. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he does not. He has very colorful language for women. A lot of this I chose not to quote and put Great. in. Um, Brown claims that he broke his neck. Uh, it happened off base, so there's really no record of it. And this is one of the many uncorroborated uh, stories. Okay. So, in the late 1970s, um, there was a married woman in Morgan City, Louisiana. Okay. And we're going to start... I was going to guess that anyways. <laughs> yeah. we, we know where Louisiana yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the visual aids that I've got here for Hannah is a map of the United States, and each slide shows the route that he traveled Ooh. between the murders. So he's literally all over the map. Um, so this married woman, he met her at a bar, took her off out to a bridge, and then strangled her after sex and... Dumped her over the boat. Oh, no. This is why you don't go home with men you meet at bars. Is this the 70s? Or go to the bridge with someone you meet at a bar. So, also in the late 1970s, they think around anywhere between 75, 79, Mm -hmm. there was a woman in the Holiday Inn in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Um, And he gives vague information about her in this way. Uh, Let's continue east on Interstate 10. New Orleans was very fertile grounds. Let's go back to 1975 or 79, approximately. Left inside a room inside a Holiday Inn, about five minutes from the French Quarter. This lady claimed to be from South Philly. And that's really how he kind of describes all of... um, you know, his victims, because he never really... Uh, there's a couple times that he'll come out and say, I did this. Right. Uh, but a lot of times it's a lot more hypothetical and like, oh. if you looked here, you might find this person. Yeah. All right, so not a not a long trip. Okay. No. Oh, okay. 1980. Um, 1,400 miles away. Yes. <laughs> uh, in 1980, and also he can't recall if this was in Colorado or Utah. Okay. But he says that he shot a young uh, young couple in the chest, both a man and a woman, and he really doesn't remember any other details except he dumped them bodies over the embankment, you know, took the took some money from the male victim and left the car at the scene. Ew, did he say why he killed them? No, I don't no. think he said why on any of this. Oh, great. Um uh, there is a little bit of a possible why later on. 
So, <clears throat> all right. Some and oh, we just turn around. <laughs> let's continue east along Interstate 10. We are now in Mississippi, but just barely. We are very near the Alabama border. Okay. There is a swampy area just north of the interstate. There, two bodies were dumped in parts for ease of transport. Both of these were male. I made a point of stating that they were male so you couldn't dismiss the incident. It was around 1980 then. What? Yep. So, supposedly there's parts of two male bodies, and that was just my approximation on the map of where it was. Okay. Um, All right. Also, in 1980, we go to Cushada, Louisiana, where he is actually born and raised. Great. Um, Catherine Fuzzy Hayes. Uh, he met at a fast food chicken stand. Sorry, was her na- her her nickname was Fuzzy. Okay, and when he talked about her, he said, "I, I don't really remember her or anything, but her name was Fuzzy or went by Fuzzy." I... And it was later confirmed that this missing person was, oh. um, yeah, her nickname was Fuzzy. I uh, took her home, had sex with her, and then strangled her with leather shoelaces. No, oh, leather was shoelaces. Fifteen years old. Oh, okay. Well, uh... What year is this? This is 1980. Why are young... What? How old is he? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I thought about going back and doing the math on that, um, but then I just... It's already bad enough that she was 15 Ugh. that I didn't want to highlight the age discrepancy Ugh. anymore. Okay. Um, She's very cute. So, yeah, her he dumped her body off of a bridge, and uh, a hunter later found the remains, uh, and their skeletal remains with leather shoelaces found with the body. This is one of the very few corroborated cases that we have, hence why we have a victim uh, photograph. Um, And it's it's corroborated, meaning the details that he provided Mm -hmm. could be matched to a particular case. Okay. And in, I think, most of these corroborated stories, Mm -hmm. the details that he provides Mm -hmm. are... Not only accurate and specific, but also information that only the killer would have uh, any knowledge of. Gotcha. You know, it's not something that he can just read in a newspaper. Right. Okay. Though there are a couple, it's like, well, it did say in the newspaper that mm-hmm. she frequented this chicken place. So okay. he, he could be this, but this is one of the ones that okay. uh, they're able to actually tie him to. All right. Poor girl. 1983, still in Louisiana, same place, he met Faye Self. Oh, okay. Um, I believe she was 21. Okay, I was about Uh, to say, she looks a little older. Met her at a bar called The Wagon Wheel, and then later entered her unlocked apartment and subdued her with chloroform. Oh! He said he assumed that he killed her with the chloroform and then dumped her body into the Red River. Uh, Again, this is a corroborated story uh, confirmed by the Louisiana State Police that... uh, Faye self had been last seen at the wagon wheel. Uh, okay. Her body, unfortunately, has never been recovered. Ooh. She was declared dead in 1991. Aww. Yeah. Jeez. Also in 1983, Ugh. still in Louisiana, Ugh. Wanda Faye Hudson. Okay. She was killed in her apartment with a screwdriver. Oh! Um, the according to the autopsy or a newspaper report, uh, she had been fatally stabbed with a knife. But the oh no, it was reported in a newspaper. The autopsy report noted that the murder weapon was a screwdriver. So it was in the news 
saying it was a knife, uh-huh. but he said, no, I killed her with a screwdriver. Uh. So that's another, that's a reason why he's, you know, linked to this one. Um, he described it as just a spur of the moment thing, uh. um, which is most of these crimes of opportunity. Um, uncomfortable that two of these women have been killed in their home. I, I want to crank up the, the, the weird creepiness a little bit. Oh, okay, great. We weren't there. Oh, no. <laughs> We're here now, though. Okay. He moved into her apartment. Ew! And this apartment complex actually was owned by his brother, and so he was doing some work there as, like, a maintenance guy. Okay. So he actually was in that apartment cleaning up the blood that he spilled, yeah. and he actually kept some of her furniture, including the mattress he murdered <gasps> her, soaked with her blood. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Um, so all awful. All right. All right. Ready for another little road trip? Okay. And also in 1983, near the same time as uh, Wanda Hudson's death, mm-hmm. um, he met a married woman at a bar in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Okay. I was, I'm not mean enough to make you try and pronounce that. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, they left the bar together, had sex, he killed her, and he doesn't even remember exactly how he killed her. Um, but he dumped her body into the Red River. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, 1984, uh, in Houston, Texas, um, we've got Nadia Mendoza. Okay. A body in parts was discovered off U.S. Highway 59 in the southwest Houston area, uh. is how he described and introduced it. Um, uh, Nadia was a 17-year-old topless dancer from Panama uh, who Brown strangled and then cut up in a motel. They, Why? Same kind of thing. They met in a bar, went to a motel, he paid for sex, they had sex, then he strangled her, put her in the tub, and cut off her legs. Why? What, for what purpose? I, Ease of transport, I think he states a couple of times. He, um, this is another one that's corroborated, um, because he was actually able to provide a hand-drawn map of the area uh, in which you know he met what the where the nightclub was, okay. where the motel, and where he dumped her, right. and all of that matched the aerial photos of the area. So oh, okay. um, it's you know plausible. Okay. Um, <sighs> a little ways away oh, in gosh. Flatonia, Texas. Jeez. We have Melody Bush. Okay. And here we go. In addition to bolstering credence, I am mainly curious of the outcome of the following. I thought long and hard about picking an incident that would not be lost among the many others. Very small town seemed to be my best bet. Small towns don't forget such rare happenings. The town I choose is Flatonia, Texas. They don't get much smaller. The year was approximately 84 or 85. A young woman was killed, and her body was found near this town. The last I heard was that her husband was being charged with her murder. I'm curious as to the eventual outcome. Please let me know. Afterward, we may talk some more on this. Texas does like to kill people. That should give you something to think about. Uh, The comment about Texas likes to kill people is, Uh uh, during some of his back and forth and hypothetical questions, Mm -hmm. um, he was starting to regret the whole life in jail sentence, Uh and was like, well... Maybe if I start confessing and get convicted for some of these other crimes, they'll give me the death penalty instead. Oh, great. So. Ugh. Um, so, and it was in a separate letter, too. He only, he just said the words ether and ice pick. Oh. 
So, uh, Melody Bush was actually, uh, she died of acute acetone poisoning, um, which investigators think you know, could be confused with ether, um, but there weren't any signs of stab wounds or ice pick stab wounds okay. noted in the autopsy. Um, and so the discrepancies in the case are still yet to be dissolve, resolved, but <laughs> El Paso detectives have very little doubt that Brown is the one who killed her. Okay. So this is, again, a corroborated one. Ugh. Um, right. Now let's go west to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh. Just southeast of there, along the, sides, uh, the south side of the Arkansas River, is a floodplain. Lots of water grasses. There is also a male in the muck. This was 1985. Um, So in trying to corroborate all these claims and figure out and match cases and everything, you know, obviously they're working with uh, investigators all over. Right. And the investigators in Tulsa did find a remains of a man matching the description. Um, And they thought this man was possibly uh, Timothy Warren. Okay. Um, But... This was later excluded due to a lot of inconsistencies, both in Brown's story and, you know, other things. Mm-hmm. So, um, they are still continuing to search for, um, A, Timothy Warren's killer. Right. And B, the man, if there is one, that Brown cl- right. killed in Tulsa. Okay. <sighs> All right. So Up good. somewhere in Washington. Good grief. <laughs> He dumped a woman off the side of a precipice. Doubts that her remains would ever be found unless they were being seriously searched for. Okay. It was 1986. Great. Still uncorroborated. Not much more information on that one. Drew a long way for that one. Also in 1986, two bodies, male and female, somewhere around 200 miles north of San Francisco. Um... Let's go south now. We are in California now. Okay. We are on the Pacific Coast Highway about 200 miles north of San Francisco. Okay. Approximate distance. <laughs> there is an exit to a sandy beach where there are areas with lots of driftwood among boulders to the north side. Among the boulders and driftwood are two bodies, one male, one female. Great. Uh, uncorroborated. Of course. Let's see. Now we get to talk about the Grand Am Lady. No. Oh. So we're back ever in Colorado Springs, uh-huh. and this is 1987. And this is, you know, about the time that he's telling investigators about the Grand Am Lady uh-huh. is when he's trying to work out a transfer from his current prison to another facility because he's complaining about, you know, conditions and you know, unfair mm. treatment and, like, the medical treatment he's getting is subpar. Right, deserves quality medical treatment. Um, and if you'll remember from his, like, first... Letter of prose. He talks Uh about uh, if you drive to the end zone in a Trans Am. Uh huh. And he now has switched it to Grand Am. Oh, okay. So Pontiac Grand Am. We're all Um, following that, obviously. Um. So he was able to pinpoint the apartment complex and know like where her actual apartment was within the complex. Okay. He pointed out the quick stop convenience store where he was working at the time. Um, and he asked this young wife out on a date and her husband and their young baby had gone out of town. I think marital problems. Okay. Um, so apparently Brown and the grand am lady drove in the white car to a movie. Afterward, they went back to his apartment there, he strangled her. After sex, of course. Of course. 
Um, and he threw some blankets over her body, took her keys, went to her apartment, took her Sony color TV. Of course. Which he always claims that he never took souvenirs or did journals or anything, but every now and then he would take things from the victim to either sell or just give away. Okay. Uh, In this instance, the TV and then also a ring from her finger. Or just move into their apartment and keep their furniture. (laughs) Uh, and he, he apparently waited until the next night to dismember her body in the bathtub. Ew. Because he was tired. So he had that, to wait a day. Oh. Nah. Um, and then he disposed of her body Are in you dumpster. Telling me the story of Joe Goldberg from you. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, what is it? Art imitates life or something? This is sounding. Ugh. This is uh, Rokio Sperry. Okay. She was 15 years old. Ooh. And in July of 2006, Brown pled guilty to her murder. Okay. So we've corroborated several of his 48 claims. Right. And he has now been convicted of two of them. Okay. Uh, and he did this, again, to try and speed up that transfer. Like, right. I'll cooperate, just get me to somewhere else. Okay. Um... And this was, like I said, around uh, 1987. Okay. 1991, of course, was Heather Church, right. also in Colorado Springs. Right. And then, let's move north now. How about Arkansas? This is just across the Mississippi River from Memphis. There is a marshy area a little southwest of there. That is where this lady was relayed to rest. Mm. Also 1980. Now, I think I said... This was 1991 now? Yes. And he claims this was 1980? Uh-huh. So this is one of the, again, it's a corroborated case, mm-hmm. except there's that, like, 11-year time difference. Right. Now, it could be that, A, he's totally full of shit. It could be that he's just misremembering, because if he's killed 48 people, that's a lot of details Hard to, to remember. keep track of. I know, yeah. and this is, you know, in you know the early 2000s now when he's telling all of this. Right. Uh, so a lot of time has passed. Uh, but based on his descriptions, they think that this was the body of Lisa Lowe. Okay. Um, and... It's something that's still being researched. Like, it's counted as corroborated. They're pretty sure. But that whole right. you know, okay. decade of difference in time. Eh. Yeah. Small okay. Details. Back to Colorado. Yeah. Okay. He met... It was 91 or 92. He met a woman in a bar called Cowboys. Okay. Um, took her home. Had sex. Strangled her. Then rolled her body in plastic and kept it in a spare room for a few days before dumping it. Ew. And he had described her as wearing cowboy boots. And later, police had, in that area that Mm -hmm. they were searching, recovered about 15 pieces of rubber and leather that they assumed to be from cowboy boots, which is, Mm. analysis is pending. Um, They also scoured missing persons reports from this time in this area. Three matched. Okay. Two were later found alive and well. Okay. And the third one is still being investigated. So as of the time of this information is around 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. uh, they have, they think it's the cowboy boots. Okay. And they think they might know the victim's name okay. that he's talking about. Okay. Uh, as of yet, still uncorroborated. Okay. Let's go east <sighs> now. Oh, we are in northwest New Mexico. Okay. Uh, I'm on an 
East-West Highway, the number I don't remember. However, the north of another scenic overlook is a tremendous rock face, gray in color. It can't be missed. Once again, there is a body over the precipice. This one is male. This was 1993. Oh! So he potentially killed several people after Heather Church. And then, of course, was arrested two years later in 95. Wait, what year was the, this last one? This was 1993. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if you look at this crazy map... Right. I, he literally all over it. All over the western part of the country. So, you ready for some fun facts? Oh, gosh. Katie, I feel like I, I know what you feel like now. Mm-hmm. When I... And honestly, this feels like payback for Albert Fish, which and the Ketty murders. Don't appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh gosh. Okay. Fun so facts. it's amazing the amount of information I was able to find about this man, okay. this monster, mm-hmm. uh, all, all the way back to his childhood, um, and like very specific life events and things. Um, of course, all of my references will be in the show note. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just astounding, the right. information that's out there. And, again, the way that all of the the crimes kind of came to light was a very long, over years-long process. Right. Very confusing. Right. And, you know, I said he claimed 48. Right. And we did not just go through 48. Right. I know it felt like a ton, but... <laughs> um, so... And he's only convicted of two? Only convicted of two. Okay. Uh, eight of his 48 claims mm-hmm. have been corroborated. Two okay. of those have been convicted. Okay. So, this guy's freaking crazy. And the fact that... I, the reason I started at the end is because that's when the story really began. Right. Uh, but really, he has been killing people since... The 1970s, from 1970 through 93. Right. Ugh. And no one knew about it. Nobody could tie him to it. I think, uh, you know, and the fact that a lot of these aren't corroborated, Mm -hmm. part of it, A, is his stories don't match up with, you know, things and events. Um, But also part of it is people still might not know that some of these people are missing or have been murdered. Right. And it's just terrifying to me that yeah i've never heard of this guy yeah I, me neither no and and he claims to have killed 48 people well and to think that someone could just like go to a bar go home with some girl and over and over and, yeah, over and do that again. multiple times and no one is tracking him no one's getting dna no one's like i don't, I don't think anyone was ever on his trail jeez he he, he's not like a mastermind killer either. Right. Like he, and he, kind of sloppy, really. Yeah. But no one ever caught on. Jeez. He had to tell everyone, and Oof. then they had they have to solve all of his crimes retroactively. Right. Oh. All right. This the fun facts. Okay. Great. So let's have some fun. Uh, Brown was always described as smart, but with a short fuse. Didn't do well in school, and therefore that's why he dropped out at seventeen, and joined the army. Okay. He was the youngest of nine. And was kind of abused by his siblings, you know, really, really teased and beat up on. And right. his mother, who suffered depression, uh, condoned it and let it happen. Probably um, a little tired after raising eight of them. Yeah. Um, which I think 
con- you know, something that contributes to his hatred of women. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and he is a heterosexual male, but he may have been bisexual based on the several male right. bodies or males, uh, victims that he claimed to have murdered. Right. Probably very uh, closeted. Yeah. Um, and he was married six times. Right. Which, <laughs> why? It's astounding, A, that he's married six times. If you hate women that much, why do you keep marrying them? Yeah. And B, I'm shocked that any of them survived. Like, is he super charming or something? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't oh, know. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, and so you know about the serial killer triad, right? Uh, it's like there's three things that serial killers, you, you have to have, I think, two of the three um, to like really be like a psychopath or something. I know, I know torturing animals, mm-hmm. harming animals, uh, like fire, obsession with fire, um, is wetting the bed one of them? That oh, is it? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. All right. <laughs> uh, so he had two of the three. Do okay. you want to guess? Um, I'm going to guess that he, um, I'm going to say the fire and the animals. We have a winner. Um, and then so he's described, you know, they, they have categories for serial killers and he is a disorganized thrill killer. Okay. Uh, which is you know goes in line with most of these were spur of the moment crimes of opportunity, right? Um, and also there's a category called missionary, which means he goes after cheating women. Because if you notice that several of uh-huh. the victims, I specifically uh-huh. said that he married he met a married woman in a right. bar, took her home and slept with her, right? So uh, he has a real big thing against. Uh, but only women cheating. Philandering right? women. Because, because if I'm remembering correctly, he also cheated on his 13-year-old wife. Oh, who knows, man. <laughs> Probably. But, oh, jeez. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that is that is Robert Charles Brown. Ooh. That was terrible. The most prolific serial killer <laughs> I have never heard of. Oh, gross. Ew. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Sleep well tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will say, I am very happy that the bars aren't open. And when they do open, I don't feel like I'm going to go to any of them. <laughs> well, I think you're probably safe because you're not very likely to just meet a man and go home with him. <laughs> I literally. Unless you're you- meeting your husband there. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, you're not going to. You will meet him and go home with him. <laughs> you were gonna say you're not very likable <laughs> no hannah you're a terrible person uh well i'm a married woman and i could be at a bar and jared could be doing god knows what yeah but if he had come up to you and like hey baby when i go take a ride in my van you'd be like no i'm married go yeah, away and he'd be true. like a virtuous woman <laughs> she's still a whore though somehow because oh, no, gosh the the language that like I said, there's several quotes that he just really lays into women and Ugh. vile language and gross. Not a cool dude at all. Sounds horrible. But yeah, we we saw this on an episode of Forensic Files the other night, and I was Jeez. just like, <gasps> "Are Forensic Files like 30 minutes long?" Yeah. How did they cram all that? They in? did not cram all of this. In. Oh, okay. The Forensic Files <laughs> episode was about. Heather Church. Oh, okay. All and right. um, so that it was all about hers, uh-huh. and then it was like the last few minutes that 
They're like, oh, by the way. Jeez. We got the guy. You know, it reminded me. And he says he killed 48 other people. I don't know if, I don't think it was, well, I get all of my true crime stuff. It might have been a crime junkie. And when you started it, it sounded similar because it was, but I think the girl was like coming home from swim practice or something. I don't know. Anyways, not the same. Yeah. Uh, actually, the uh, Timothy Warren mm-hmm. victim uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, actually reminds me also of a crime junkie, oh. crime junkie episode. Great. Uh, in which there's, uh, is it Herb Bo something or other? Okay. Uh, he's a well-to-do businessman and mm-hmm. like, I'm so, you know, conservative and, you know, homosexuality is a sin, right. except he was actually a closeted homosexual of who... Course. Killed his male um, sexual partners. And Great. So I was like, Timothy Warren, maybe he was that other guy's victim. But I don't know because I didn't mm. have time to go back and like reference or A, listen to the episode right. and check location and dates and all right, that. Right. But that's that's what kind of <sighs> my ears up. So yeah, I, I it's not an unsolved thing. I mean, it kind of is. There's still those There's a bunch of forty yeah. other uncorroborated Ugh. uh claims. But Ugh. it's just for me it's the the fact that he did so much for so long. And we've never yeah. No one knew. And the fact that he almost didn't get caught for right. Heather's murder. That's right. Because at the time I think it's changed now but at the time the aphis system they Mm -hmm. thought that was the end-all be-all because that was the fbis that had like violent criminal offenders right and then uh one other collection right one other group of people of fingerprints and they sent that and there was no hit sorry and it wasn't until again it was being i think there was a new police chief assigned Mm -hmm. that they decided they wanted to reopen the cold case and some new guy with his fresh eyes was like you sent the fingerprints to to Aphis, but you know there's like a whole slew of other databases out there for fingerprints. Have they fixed that? Or I I don't know. I think so. <laughs> okay. Because uh, this is this was in the uh, like uh, early mid '90s, right? And I mean, I had tons of research. <laughs> I didn't have time to go double check that fact. Oh but, gosh. Um, Ugh. So, yeah, it's one of those things, too, that you, you know APHIS, and you know it's right. the, the crime database. Right. And you just kind of think that's the end-all, be-all. But yeah. But it isn't, or it wasn't at the time. And this guy almost got away with it yeah. again. Well, and you'd also think that, like, the people investigating, like, part of their job is to know that kind of information. <laughs> so... I, it might not be something that was super common knowledge at yeah. the time. Like, I think the guy that pointed out, hey, there's there's other jurisdictions out there that have other fingerprint right. databases. And he, he, actually, I think he didn't know how many there were, but he, like, called everyone in everywhere. Oh. And that's <laughs> he found 92 others. Jeez. And so he had the prints copied and he uh-huh. mailed copies of those fingerprints to all 92 other oh my gosh uh, database jurisdictions so much post and that's that's when he got the the response from Louisiana because 
the, um, the, the theft of the truck from the car dealership and being incarcerated for 18 months. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have no faith in anything anymore. (laughs) And the the other crazy thing about that too, is that other than the fingerprints, there Mm -hmm. was basically no other physical evidence at the crime scene. And so they were able to convict him on just his fingerprints. Yeah. And he, you know, was very adamant at first that there's no way this is me. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And then I don't know what changed, but I I guess they convinced him that they could convict him. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I will plead guilty. (laughs) But I didn't kill her, but I'll plead guilty. So avoid the death penalty. Right. And but then he was confessing because he wanted the death penalty. Uh, he, years later after being in prison for about five or so years Mm -hmm. is when he started, you know, communicating with the district attorney's office. Right. And that's when he did pose a hypothetical, like, what if there was another murder I could talk to you, tell you about? Hmm. Hypothetically, if someone were to be convicted of this particular crime in this area. Right. Would they receive the death penalty? Hmm. So. That's so bizarre because the, what was the. The last girl, the 13-year-old that he got, the first one we talked about. Heather Church? Heather. Yeah. Um, She wasn't the last, remember? Well, right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, uh, She was, he made it sound like she was just, like, collateral damage. Like, oh, he broke in and then she was there, so he killed her. And then all these other murders seemed like he very intentionally was going after women and it's yeah. so bizarre that, like, he didn't, like, leave any other evidence or, like, all of his crimes are so different. I think that uh, he was wearing gloves because, again, okay. I think his, his intention was uh, burglary. Right. Um, and so he was wearing gloves but couldn't get the screen off the door because, other than that, there was no signs of forced entry either. Oh. It wasn't until, like, a couple of days later that Heather's mother noticed the screen on her bedroom window was uh-huh. slightly uh, askew. Ugh. And so that's where they found the oh fingerprints. Gosh. So they think that he took off his gloves uh-huh. to remove the screen, put his gloves back on, tried to go about his, you know, Burger theft. Ring. yeah. And that's when Heather surprised him. And, uh, yeah. Ugh. I hate things like this. Cause like, now I need to go check on my windows. <laughs> Ugh. Like, I am thankful that we have a loud dog because <laughs> I feel like she will bark at anything, but. Also a lot of the bars that mm-hmm. he met these women in were Western themed bars. So oh, stay out of okay. Western cowboy bars. All right. I don't know of any of those, but I'm going to avoid mm. them. So. Yeah. Ugh. Well, this was terrible. Yeah. And the and it's crazy, you know, that nobody knows about this guy, even though there's tons of information about yeah. him. Um and it's because a you know, some of your other famous people mm-hmm. when they were going through their spree mm-hmm. or um their series, right. People knew about it and they right. were able to connect the cases and be like this is the work of a serial killer right. and the press was able to give them a nickname. Right. Um so 
They never knew that they never had any idea that there was a serial killer out there killing all these people or that one person was responsible for all of these things. Yeah. So he never got a uh, serial killer nickname. However, there is a book about him. Oh, what's it called? And the title is inspired by, (laughs) I think it was his third wife who called him this. Okay. It's called The Devil's Right Hand Man. Oh, gosh. So uh, if you want to read a book about it, that's one source. Also, there's a great, uh, the I think it's like New York, uh, the Times, New York Magazine. I forget the the reference. The, the right. resources going to be in the show notes. <laughs> um, but it's this interview with Charlie Hess, mm-hmm. the guy who really you know wrote all the letters back and forth and communicated with Brown uh, to really get all of this information. Right. Um, so it's a great article very long but lots of interesting information and you know uh hess's point of view and right. his opinions on things okay. um and of course there's also murderpedia of course yes familiar just plethora of information Ugh. Yeah. i don't even astounding uh, i say i don't know but i'm gonna listen i'm back on amazon now amazon reopened my account for me i didn't do anything Turns out, if you stay off of it long enough, they just let you back in. Uh, We're sorry. We'll take you back. I know. Like, I just logged in one day. and I was like, oh. Talk about the devil. They don't need me to confirm anything. Uh, so, I might be ordering some books. You know, keep me busy. The Devil's Right Hand Man is available in, I think, hardback and Kindle. Great. Because I wanted to read it. But... <sighs> uh, well, thanks, Katie. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> It was good. I'm glad you hated it. It was well delivered, but the information was awful. Um, Oh, geez. Anything else we need to plug? I think just our usual thank yous. Yep. Uh, So that is John Brown for doing our music. Susan Jennings for doing our logo. Uh, Bren for doing our cartoon things. Jarek for editing and... Uh, promoting and all that stuff. Um, and you for listening. Yes. Let me... I don't know our social media is by heart, so I have to grab a business card. Uh, okay. That's not what we pay you for. That's not. Uh, okay. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We're at The Tales We Tell Podcast. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called The Tales We Tell Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Tales We Tell Pod. Um, I think we're going to have a website soon. Woo-hoo. Uh, just depending on how bored I get during all this. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I, everyone have a great day. All right. Yeah. Everyone stay safe and lock your doors and windows. Yeah. Have fun thinking about, holy crap, this guy possibly killed 48. Yep. And some sources say that he killed potentially up to 71. Oh, great. Ending on a high note. Thank you. So Save that gem for last. Stay at home, everyone. Don't go home with any men that you don't know or that you do know. Just don't go home with anyone. All right. Everyone have a great week. Bye.